0: This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast.
1: And if I'm property managing for you, I have a cleaning crew coming in between each person. I'm going in quarterly to do touch up on paint and all the other kind of things that I need to do. And so I'm keeping your home in a for sale readiness at all times. So I'm, I'm protecting your asset while turning it into a cash machine for you. I mean, who, who wouldn't like that? You're listening to the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business.
0: What's going on, everyone? This is Jonathan Farber, your host of the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. I hope you're all well and healthy. For any first time listeners, thanks for being here. The goal of this show is to explore ways to become financially free through real estate or to increase passive cash flow through real estate. A little background on myself, I work in corporate America at a software company and my side hustle is real estate. I currently own eight rental units and looking to add more this spring. I have house hacked, bird, flipped, and done short-term rentals to name a few strategies. My current focus is 20 to 30 unit apartment buildings in Ohio and Kentucky. I love to network and learn, so if you'd like to connect further, feel free to find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or BiggerPockets. What is going on, guys? Really interesting episode today with Scott Jennings. Scott is a short-term rental operator, property manager, and co-host. He actually currently operates eight deals and manages five additional deals. Uh, he's based in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And we first connected when I was looking at some short-term rental properties in North Carolina and looking for management options. I think we connected actually through a Facebook group where I had just posted and I uh, was looking for people that were either co-hosts or just willing to uh, bring on extra properties for their management business. And he reached out and I was really impressed. He just got a great, very straight approach to the business. No frills, no um, fluff. It's just here's how we get it done. And here's how you're going to make more money with my service. And we walked through a lot of that in previous calls. And then we kind of deep dive it deep dove it, I guess that's the word today. And it was really cool to hear. So I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. If you're considering short term rentals as an option, and you just want to hear it more from a manager perspective on how he goes about it, and who he takes on and how it works flowing from both sides. So my main takeaway from the episode was the tangible steps, the five steps that if you wanted to start doing it today, you could do it after this episode. He goes through the process of identifying markets, the process of identifying deals within those markets, then identifying your team within that market, and then the actual financing of finding a deal and getting it done and setting it up. So uh, there's definitely more detail once you peel it back and start actually operating the property, but you should have everything you need today in this episode to get started with short-term rentals or uh, Airbnb in general. So really, really helpful there. Today's tangible tip is with so many educational options out there, here is my recommendation to either go all in on a topic or person that has what you need or you like what they do from a style perspective and don't look at anyone else. Don't deviate for maybe six months because it's so easy to get bogged down with shiny object syndrome and different operators and different strategies. And when you do that, it's really hard to become an expert in one and really just go forward in one and give something the time and attention it needs. So my advice is find a person or topic and then go all in on your learning and energy and investment on that topic. Even if it means buying a course or um, going out and seeing this person, if it means traveling, I think it's worth doing so that you can just follow the expert footsteps or just learn from the best um, who has put out content. So that's today's tangible tip. I'm doing that myself and that's why I was thinking it was relevant just because I get very distracted, shiny object syndrome like we all do just with ADD and whatever. But this was one that I thought about more as what have I done to be successful in certain fields when I have been? And this is what I'm going back to. So really cool episode today with Scott Jennings. Hope you guys enjoy And uh, if you have any questions or um, comments, feel free to post them in the Facebook group. Scott's going to be coming on. We'll be doing some shared content and it should just be uh, good collaborating. So see you guys. Scott, what is going on? Thank you so much for being on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just plugging along, you know, it seems like things might be uh, turning for the better with coronavirus as the time we're recording this September 24th. So all good by me. Um, what is, I guess, the day-to-day impact of coronavirus and uh, where are you living, I guess? What's the impact of coronavirus on where you're at and what you're doing your business before we get into anything else? So I'm just
1: above you with my, my rentals are all Chapel Hill and Burlington. So we are not, and then ours is great. We're staying at an average of 90% plus occupancy on average. Um, it's when the bottom fell out in the beginning of middle of March. Everyone was in the same boat. Everyone freaks out because it didn't matter who you were. The same thing happened to everybody. And so then it starts it was a fast learning curve. Realize you were in a price war. So we went through the price war. Um, now it was about how nice of a place you are, but what was your price, right? And because my favorite size properties are studio size, one bedroom, they're used as utilities, and I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of that at least for my market because it's Chapel Hill and it's Durham and it's not that's not the beach that's not the mountains mm-hmm. um, so where people and I've had bigger properties um, the bigger the property in that market during that time period was harder sure. to manage because that was in a luxury size traveler versus a utility size traveler, which is one or two people. Got it. We've done well. We've done okay. We've stayed in the black the whole time. um, And we are doing really well right now. We we learned a lot and it was, it was actually a
0: hard experience, but a good learning experience. We will come back to that. That's good to hear though. So can you give us a quick, high level overview of how you got into this part of the business of real estate and bring us up to speed on what your business is today. So for years,
1: I had this interest in short term rentals. It made sense. So when me and my wife moved out to where we live now out in Burlington, the first home that we actually had money on had an exterior apartment over top of the the garage. And I was, and the meaning is that that's what we're gonna do with it. That's going to pay a portion, if not all of our mortgage. And unfortunately, a couple of days before closing that that deal fell through, um, just because that the house had a, it was a 1930s home and it had a structural issue that I wasn't willing to kick out an extra $10,000 for. And um, so anyhow, long story short, My wife uh, decides to cash out um, some of her 401 and just get rid of it as she was leaving the, uh, working for the County, Orange County, which is Chapel Hill. And, um, and I said, look, let's invest this. Let's not spend it. And well, it's easy to invest in a short-term rental. And so we bought a course for a thousand bucks just in, which is good. It's I I would, I'd still express to anybody. If you can buy a course that teaches you the basics quickly, Mm -hmm. because if you have the cash too, whose course was it? So I brought, um, Oh, what's his name? Brian, whatever his name, B and B home formula or B and B formula. Uh, okay. I can't remember Brian's last name. Um, anyhow, it, it taught me the ABCDE step, which mm-hmm. simplified it. Um, and it was a thousand bucks. What I've realized is a thousand bucks. I've, I, I quickly earned that back. You know, um, if you can't by course you can learn it all for free for the most part on youtube but it takes you longer to understand the a b c d e portion yep. of it so in you if you do not put two and two together very well sometimes that that equation when you learn that way can be a lot harder to figure out yeah so, totally it looks like two plus five equals one it's like, <laughs> you know because because it's never a it's never a straight line course right right it's always you're watching different videos so that's what we did, and um, so we, we we practice arbitrage and uh, property management. So what is we,
0: arbitrage for those that don't? So know.
1: arbitrage is when I lease a place, whether it be an apartment or a home, and then I use it for business purposes. So I get I have an agreement with whoever I am leasing from that I can release it as a short-term rental. Right. I'm not going to release it. Release it. Release it for a longer period. You know, uh, we do. We actually transitioned into doing some midterms, so we've had people doing like four month stays with us and that kind of stuff. Um, but we will start off with one. Uh, quickly, found that that was pretty lucrative. Um, we grew to as big as seven. Uh, we gave up one because it was underperforming. Um, Two, to uh, another one went back to a full-time rent- to rental because we only had it temporarily and we're sort of holding at five at the moment because we w- realized that we wanna slow down and either we're gonna manage for people, which is easier to do, or in, in the process, we are gonna hone our skills and streamline our processes to make sure that we are running at full capacity the way we need to. And then there's a lot less work involved because it's easy to get wrapped up in sort of spinning around, I got to do this and I got to do that and, and a variety of different other things, if that makes sense. So it was more or less, that was a very long answer to the simple fact of, we wanted to take just a simple, I think it was $4,000 and turn it into something that mattered quickly. I think we spent closer to 45, 5,000 on our first unit, total getting stuff, rent, you know, deposits, all that kind of stuff. And that's what we sort of learned is a studio apartment currently right now. We might as well have about 5,000 in the bank
0: to officially open one up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then what happened after that? Like what was the progression of adding units or buying units or uh, getting leases?
1: You know, straight, (coughs) excuse me, strangely enough, it was, we, we, we leased the first apartment that went well. Hit it out of the park. There's nothing like the first time you hear the Airbnb you know, chime on your phone. We, we, it it may have been live for 12 hours or so, maybe 18 hours. And I was going off to teach and uh, suddenly at five o'clock at night, it was, Ding! I said, oh, what is that sound? And we looked and we jumped, ah! you know, and then three in a row. And then 20 minutes later, bling, and I was already like, I was in the car or something. No, I think it was, I was just about to leave to go teach. And, and then I, as soon as I got to class to teach, um, it did it again. And I was just like, it, I was sold, you know? Um, anyhow, so we did that. And then we, we, we That's picked awesome. up a two bedroom cottage that we managed for a lady. It's been a wonderful experience. She's a, she's a wonderful land, uh, person to work with. I guess she's not a landlord. We're the landlords. Um, And then we picked up another studio for ourselves. And then we had some, you know, we tried the three bedroom and a a place up in Greensboro, which was a two bedroom, one bath. And and those went okay. Those were a little rougher time period. And we've just, during COVID, we opened up another studio. And also back in January or February, we picked up a one bedroom in-law suite in Durham that we managed
0: for the individual. Got it. So just to clarify, when you say you're picking up, are you, are you buying, are you taking over leases? Are you managing uh, like partnering with owners or landlords, just for those that are trying to get a grasp on what yep. this is? Cause this is probably the first time people are hearing this concept and uh, just want it to be as clear as possible for them.
1: Yep. Okay. So um, if it's my studio apartments, I outright lease them from the building. Um our two bedroom cottage, we partner with the owner. So we property manage, we take a cut, they get the rest. So our goal is to make them as much money as possible because it will fluctuate. However, they are consistently making more money often than they would if they were just leasing. Um, and then same thing with our um, with our one bedroom in-law apartment, it, we're managing for that individual as well. You know, and he's got an in-law suite and, and even, I think he's gonna, you know, it's, it's a one bedroom. So what's a one bedroom should run 900 bucks-ish, eight to mm-hmm. 800 to 1,000 in, in our region of North Carolina. I think this month I'm gonna pay him out over
0: 1,400.
1: Wow. You know, so, um, and it, it, he's already paying a water bill. And also too, what people have to realize too, is your short term rental people use less water. They're not as hard on your appliances. Um, you know, they don't do the same kind of damage as a long-term renter does. They can. I mean, it's going to happen, right? But as a whole, and uh, so you're, you have less wear and tear. And then if I'm property managing for you, I have a cleaning crew coming in between each person. I'm going in quarterly to do touch up on paint and all the other kind of things that I need to do. And so I'm keeping your home in a for sale readiness at all times. So I'm, I'm protecting your asset while turning it into a cash machine for you. I mean, who who wouldn't like that? But If you're a long-term renter and you're playing landlord, right? Then every time that person leaves, you typically have to paint the whole place. You have to, you know, either rip out the flooring, put new flooring in, just depends on what that was. You know, there's all kinds of larger expenses that we've
0: mitigated
1: over that time period.
0: So for someone listening to this, wondering how to get started, um, let's say they want to go down the path of arbitrage. And just again, to define that for anyone that doesn't know, it's picking up leases. So it can be to a landlord or a company that leases out property and you take over a lease, you you sign a year long lease. And then what you do with that is furnish it and rent it out to people on short-term rental sites. So for someone listening to this saying, that sounds good. You don't need that much money to get started. You don't need down payment. You can also walk away anytime. Just there's a lot of benefit in it. Uh, what what are like their first couple steps? Let's say their first three to five steps of they're listening today and they want to take action right after this episode to start doing that.
1: Okay, so one just understand that there's sort of a process that it's that short-term rental. A lot of people say it's it is passive, and it, in some ways it is. It's passive if you have one. It may be passive if you have two. Once you hit three, you start actually acquiring work. Um, Mm -hmm. There's more and more that has to get involved. So just keep that in mind that it's easy to say, oh, this is gonna be simple and it's not so much. So first and foremost, get on YouTube and start learning. If you can buy a course, buy a course. there's no reason for you to spend over $1,000 to learn anything. So if someone's got one of these high dollar courses, don't, don't do it. It is not worth it because you're going to get the same information on a low dollar course because it's all done the exact same way. Um, but you want to you start acquiring furniture. If you know you're going to do it, start acquiring things understand, and then understand what you're going to go look for. And just because someone offers you a property doesn't mean it's a good property. Okay, uh, I learned that the hard way. I took a property and it constantly beat us up. It was just wrong neighborhood, um, wrong, wrong neighbors. Um, and, and it's a problem. So when you're looking for a property, you want to simply look, why does someone need to come and stay here? Why do people travel? It's not just luxury. It's business. It's hospital stays. It's travel, you know, it's traveling nurses, it's traveling, it, it's, it's, it's your basic, you know, anybody for work, it's somebody coming to stay. Like I got a lady right now, she's in a unit for a month, because her brother is at UNC, um, getting all kinds of treatments done, and she's down here to help. And she's gonna be here so long, she decided to just go and rent an apartment. So I have her for a month, and then she'll go find an apartment. Uh, people are remodeling. So you got to think about that. Secondly, you got to think about what, what is you, are you risk adverse to something? Remember, when you sign that line, it doesn't matter. You, you have to pay for it. All right? So again, why is someone coming? Are you in a vacation area? You know, are you the beach or the mountains or near a theme park or, or something? Are you by universities, by hospitals? Why do they got to come? If you're uh, by military base, you know, military, constant flux, and they need temporary stay, their families are coming to watch graduations, all this kind of stuff, so you got to think about that. Secondly, your neighborhood. Where, what neighborhood are you in, right? Um, is your neighborhood going to scare the average traveler in being safe? Now, I've already, learned that one the hard way, you know? Um, uh, so you want to, that's what you're looking for at first, that's the basics. Right? What size? What are you willing to? Uh, to how risk adverse are you to what you're spending every month for your rent? Okay. Got to remember you got utilities, and then you got to start buying furniture. Are you? The, do you have the income to just buy new and order it and give it shipped to you, or do you need the power of Facebook Marketplace, or whatnot? Secondly, start learning about what Airbnb is. First, Airbnb is a major player platform. They're going to outperform all the other platforms booking.com vrbo for the vast majority of people to so start learning about airbnb um and then it's it's not really hard after that in the way of actually what you have to do it is no different from i have this unit i've set it up i've taken some professional pictures that's key hire uh, if you're not a good photographer you hire a professional photographer it pays off get some professional pictures done you upload your pictures, you fill out all the information the Airbnb is asking of you, you set, you give yourself a bank, you know, you link a bank account to it, and boom, you're up and running. It's really your homework beforehand about why people travel will pay you dividends on the back end.
0: Yep. Are there any, that's a great answer, are there any tools or specific softwares that if someone is, they think that an area is going to be good. They think that an area has potential to do well on short-term rental sites. They are just looking for some type of definitive data to back that up. How can they get an idea of, okay, I, I can get this lease for $800 or I can buy something for mm-hmm. X dollars. And I'm trying to figure out how comfortably am I going to be able to cover my mortgage and how much profit can I expect to make? So I guess the question is, are there any tools specifically or systems or how would you go about confirming or qualifying a property to be a good property or not good property?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Okay, so there is one, there's one leader in this and that's AirDNA. Um, AirDNA.com typically has, um, you got to pay for it though. And, you know, and so if you are looking, so you, you have to pay for each region you search or you have to pay for your whole state. So if you're, if you're not, if you don't have the income to, I think AirDNA for the state of North Carolina is a hundred bucks a month, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty hefty subscription. So if I'm not sure what town I'm really going to be in, right? I, I, that's a lot of money I sort of have to put up front. I ultimately if we're gonna look in an area specifically, uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna to go to Airbnb in that area and, what I, and I'm going to look for that specific town. So we've been looking in the mountains, okay, just here recently, thinking that maybe we'd buy a second home and then be able to rent it out. So if we buy a second home in this downturn uh, of things and homes are gonna get cheaper, um, we wanna make sure we can rent it because we don't wanna actually have to pay the mortgage. You know? So we've been looking in the mountains. And um, so what I do is I go to that area that I'm looking at and I do not put in dates. And then what I can do is I can check, hit properties that look like what I would purchase for myself and sort of set up or just in general. And when I scroll down to the calendar section, not the reservation section, but there's a calendar section, I can see they're blocked off dates. They're all open. Don't put in dates, because then you can see all their dates and you systematically go through and just check a bunch. But then you want to go through and go check booking.com and do the exact same thing with dates. Are these homes there? All right. Then you want to do it with VRBO, which used to be HomeAway. And are these homes listed there? Because it, the more places that they're listed, gives you an idea of how well they're doing. If they're doing really well on Airbnb, but they're not on VRBO or booking.com, that just opened up even more opportunity for you because they're not, they're not competing in the same way. Totally, right? you, you want to be on ultimately over time, not right at the beginning. You, you don't want to be on multi platform, it'll make your head explode, you know, because they operate individually, completely different. Each place does, mm-hmm. right? So, start with Airbnb, and then but check the other platforms that are out there. Howfi is just, you know, it's like, I mean, if we were looking at our area around here, there's not a lot of homes on it, you know, I don't know. But I don't know what markets they're big in or not. Um, so that's how you do it. You, you do that and you sort of see how people are advertising and how full their calendars are. And that'll give you an idea of what you can make. Also too, look at how, when you find an area like, oh, I'm interested, start playing with their calendars to see where their rates are. Are they using, are a lot of people using dynamic pricing? Or are they just going in and trying to wing their own pricing? Um, if you use dynamic, dynamic pricing, you tend to make more money long-term, even after paying for dynamic pricing, you know, just because they, they're using data of four and five years for your market versus what you know in the short time you have, you know. Um, and so the perfect example of I would have never understood how expensive um, room rates can get during college weekend for UNC and Duke, they're on the exact same weekend. And so a $75 room, $70 room suddenly jumps to 250. Well, that's money I wanna capture. But I wouldn't have known that, but dynamic pricing does. So anyhow, um, simply go out and start testing the market by looking at what these sites are saying about that individual area. And sometimes you need to get down to neighborhoods because on Airbnb, you can take their map view and just bring it down tight, just like you're searching for a home. Yep. Like if you're buying a home, you can get down to that neighborhood, right? Same principle, you can do it there.
0: So with that said, I guess, again, just checking boxes here. It's usually what I like to do on these episodes of reasons that people feel they can't get started. So just more objections. So like you're looking in the mountains. I'm curious, um, some people would say the mountains are seasonal. So how have you thought about seasonality uh, when you're on your search and then from even a step further have you found more uh, any specific parts of the North Carolina mountains to maybe have less seasonality
1: mm-hmm. at this point obviously the more rural you get okay so let's back that up we have Asheville and we have Boone and then we have Hendersonville which is a decent size all sort of like a strip of our mountain chain. And then only a couple hours away, we have Pigeon Forge and that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of reasons why people wanna to come to the Georgia slash North Carolina, Tennessee mountain section. There's a lot of reason. Mm-hmm. And, and it's partially because we're also a snowbird kind of place, right? So, so as, or I guess a summer bird. So Floridians, people more Southern will come to the mountains during the summer right? Because it's cooler. And then you have other people that go there through, you know, because they want the fall and they want that, that snowy experience because we don't get a lot of snow here. So what I'm starting to see looking at the pattern is that most likely, and again, I don't pay for air DNA. I will see a drop off really January and part of February because that's our coldest months. And then you're going to start seeing people get antsy because people don't sit long. They don't sit long at all. And also, too, they want to get away, right? So, you know, especially now, right? So our, our world is very hot. No one wants to go stay in a hotel, you know? And so let's capitalize upon that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and people want to get away. Uh, even, they can't go to the movies anymore. They're feeling trapped, even though we are sort of getting back to a lot of normalcy. They're still feeling trapped because every day society is saying you're trapped, right, in some way, shape or form. So they want to go get away and experience things. I don't think I'll see, it. Once, hit, once Christmas hits, I think we'd see a drop off in the mountains. We'd see it for a month and a half and that's fine if you've been banking your cash. You know, it, I don't think you'll find any, anything that hurts you. Um, I could be completely wrong. It could be busy all year long. It depends on, guess, on how close you are to Asheville or to Boone or somewhere. But if you get out in the middle of nowhere, you, again, it goes back to that question, why does someone need to be here?
0: Got it. Okay, cool. Were, were there any specific places that you were liking on your search that stand out to you for a second home? So,
1: strangely enough, the town of Murphy. Which is southern uh, western tip. Uh, I know it because my other business man does some work for the hospital out there, and um, it. So we've sort of been looking in the general area, and what we're seeing there too is the. I think that's a lot of second homes for people. We're seeing a lot of homes for sale there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we're starting to see the prices dive. Which we're going to see that as 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 a whole anyways, Sometime soon, um, you know, there's too much income instability right now that uh, if you're in the purchasing side of things, it's going to be great come into uh, the year or so.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Last, uh, I guess, topic or set of questions before we kind of go to the wind down here are approaching owners for doing arbitrage. Uh, it's, it's a debated topic. It's a topic. There's a lot of, I'd say bad advice on and some good advice, but I'd love to hear your opinion on how people looking to do this can approach owners and have the conversation. I guess just, that's the first question that it's part of the the same question, but do you recommend people go more to owners or companies if they're looking to do this? And then what's the talk track for either?
1: You owners all the way, companies are always going to be tough, right? Um, going to a, a, a already a, a third-party management company, it's going to be harder to sell them unless they are... Actually, I had a management company in Durham actually sort of curious about me. Hmm. And I need to actually swing back around and talk to them because I think they're just a larger, older company and they were getting tired of being managers. And if I can come in and lease or... Or, or, potentially partner with them to partner with their owner. I, I'm like this background guy working, and and they're they're getting a cut, which you know. But I would go directly to owners. I look for owners, uh, whether through tax records and whatnot. It, even when I've seen a management company managing a property, we'll go look at the tax records to see if we can find the owner and go directly to the owner. Especially if I've watched this place be be uh, for rent for at least a month, you know. Um, I don't have that problem. Mm -hmm. I I get constant occupancy, you know, Uh, it's a different world. Uh, So go to the owners and then your selling point is just sort of what I was talking about earlier. You know, owners are tired of fixing stuff. Right. You know, and and being called because of just stuff always happening and they're, you know, so especially the older they get, they probably the easier the sell is. once they can wrap their head around what you're saying, so, you're going to go in and you're going to say, I'm going to handle all your maintenance needs for you quickly and efficiently. I will, you know, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a, a professional cleaner coming in after every single stay. That means, on average, your place is going to be, be, be cleaned five and six times a month, if not more. Or if I have someone there longer, I'm going to at least have them in there one time a month cleaning. That's what I do. I bring them in one time a month. If someone's there for three months, get, there's gonna be three cleanings because that puts my eyes on what's happening in the unit. And I know how to address something that's going, that's, that's going wrong, if it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, less wear and tear on your appliances, right? You know, less water usage, less electricity usage. Um, you know, it just, it, there's all these positives. So if you sell that aspect, the second portion is confidence. Right? If I come in and I'm talking to you, and my voice and my demeanor does not convey that I know what I'm talking about, you do not feel confident in me, and I do not. And you're not going to you're not going to work for me. It's the same thing as if you say, Scott, what's your elevator pitch? My elevator pitch is telling you who I am and what I am, and you should feel I should be confident in the things that I'm saying to you in just natural conversation. All right, so you want to be confident for sure. It's if you have to bs your way through it sometimes do and, but also be smart enough to realize when you don't know something and then you say you know i'm not sure about that and let me you know i can have an answer for you because people would rather hear that than hear you like because they're going to read right through you when you don't know what you're talking about and you sound like you don't know what you're talking about right you can't know everything especially when you're starting off with your first one so, you know, if you're excited about what the model is, how to do it, the income levels that everybody can have out of all this, you know, if I'm doing arbitrage, then yeah, you're getting a lease and I'm going to pay it on time regardless, right? If, if, I am, um, if I am property managing for you, my job is to make you the most money possible. Sometimes people need to have a guarantee. Well, I ha- you need to guarantee me at least, you know, let's just say it's $900 a month. Okay, I'll give you a guarantee of 900 a month. So if you know, so that means that maybe if it's been a terrible month, I'm going to take a little less. But maybe I'm going to knock it out of the park, and that's my job. Anyway,s if I'm going to manage for you, my job is to knock it out of the park every single time and look to become better. Um, lastly, you just have to go talk. All right, you're going to hear no's. That's, it's all about sales, right? It's, it's the one thing that everyone is scared of when it comes to sales, and that's that word, no. You know. And that's either next opportunity or not right now or however you want to take that no. You're going to hear no. I landed, actually, I, I'm probably rare. I landed our first apartment on the, I think it was my third pitch. You know, and that gave me confidence right offhand but I have years of experience prior in other businesses that allow me to speak confidently. Sure. And, and to talk about the positives of things. And so that's key to you. So, so be willing to hear no, keep moving forward, keep asking the right person will give you the right opportunity. Cause they're you just want them to believe in you. You really need them to believe in you and then believe in the model that you're presenting. So talk about how, um, much easier it is on the space, how you keep it in for sale readiness and how you're going to mitigate the vast majority of the problems that ever come through the door.
0: Scott, we could go on for a very long time here. Cause I, as we've talked about, uh, I'm very interested in this topic and I think it's a great way for people that are just starting out to get into the game. So, um, I just think there's a lot here. We might need to do a part two, and uh, I want to send everyone your way to to connect with you and follow your content. So, what is the the best way for people to follow you, connect with you, or get in touch? So,
1: probably the best way is just simply our website. Uh, we don't, I'm terrible with social media, and I'm not. In a, some people are much better at it. I'm not. You know, I can't be consistent. So, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have moments where I'm great and where I'm not. So. Sojourn—that's S-O-J O U O U R N T and then I-N-T for Sojourn International. It's our version of international because international wasn't available. So SojournI-N-T.com. All right? okay. Email, phone numbers there. Um, properties are there. Slowly but surely, making it a much better website. Um, you know, it, we're working on its speed right now
0: in time it'll be there but you're building up an awesome business so you uh you're focusing on where the money's at and this is uh just part of it so scott i just want to say thank you again for coming on um been really really helpful and uh, i've been jotting down a lot of notes so um just want to say thanks and hope you have a great 2020 and beyond and and just keep rocking these all right thanks johnson you have a good day all right
1: Hey, you millennial millionaire, do you want more? Then head to the Millennial Millionaires Through Real Estate Facebook group, where there are tons of step-by-step walkthroughs, tools,
0: templates, and free networking to help you achieve financial freedom through real estate. And if you want Jonathan to help you personally reach your goals, then feel free to set up a one-on-one call in the link below or message him on any social media platform and apply to, well, work with
1: Jonathan.